0: Welcome to the Refuge Recovery Podcast. Refuge Recovery is a worldwide community of people who are using the practices of mindfulness, compassion, forgiveness, and generosity to heal the pain and suffering that addiction has caused in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. This podcast is for all those interested in and all those already practicing Refuge Recovery to find freedom from addiction of all kinds. To support this podcast and your Refuge Recovery, please donate using the link in the show notes.
1: regular thursday night offering from refuge recovery world services Uh, i'm noah Uh, welcome everybody Uh, and just just as a reminder as a point of clarification this is not a refuge recovery meeting refuge recovery meetings are peer-led with rotating leadership Um, this is actually a you know, teacher led uh, since I am the founder and I I wrote the book, I, you know, decided that we would uh, offer from the nonprofit um, a group each week where we go through the book and we talk about refuge recovery. Um, But this is much different than uh, what you are used to doing, which is going through and discussing it together in a peer led uh, space. So just, just as a point of clarification um i i started saying that because a couple people told me that they were coming to the to my refuge meeting on thursday nights and i just wanted to make sure everybody knows that the refuge meetings are different and um are much better than this <laughs> so uh we're actually coming to the end of the uh, guided meditations. So we have uh, appreciative joy tonight and equanimity next week, and then um, and then we'll 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 continue Thursdays for a while, but uh, maybe we'll go back through the book a bit or or just shift into some other uh, topics. And um, but I'm I'm happy to be doing this as long as people are. Showing up and benefiting from it, I'm happy to continue donating my time to the sangha. And um, and again, welcome. So let's just jump into meditation, and we'll I'll lead the meditation right out of the book. This is towards the end; it starts on page 266, and then we will um, have some discussion about how this applies to our recovery. Uh, after the meditation. So find a way to sit upright, relaxed. Appreciative joy meditation. Find a comfortable way to sit and allow your eyes to close. Bring attention into the
2: present time experience of the body. Relax
1: any physical tension that is being held in the body by softening the belly. Relax the
2: eyes and jaw and allow your shoulders to naturally fall away from the head. After a short period of settling into present time awareness, begin to reflect on your deepest
1: desire for happiness or freedom from suffering. Allow your heart's
2: truest longing for truth and well being to come into consciousness. With each breath, breathe into the heart center
1: the acknowledgement and appreciation of the joy and happiness you have
2: experienced in your life. Slowly begin to silently
1: offer yourself appreciative and encouraging phrases with the intention to uncover the heart's sometimes hidden response of gratitude. Your phrases can be as simple as the following. May I learn to appreciate the happiness and joy I experience?
2: May the joy I experience continue and grow. May I be filled with gratitude and non-attached
1: appreciation. If those phrases do not mean anything to you, create your own words to meditate on. Find a few simple phrases that have an appreciative intention and simply begin to offer those well wishes to yourself. As you sit in meditation, repeating these phrases in your mind, the attention will be drawn as with mindfulness meditation back into thinking about other things or resisting and judging the practice or your own capacity for appreciation and gratitude. It takes a gentle and persistent effort to return to the next phrase each time the attention wanders. May I learn to appreciate the happiness and joy I experience. Feel the breath and the body's response to each phrase. May the joy I experience grow. Notice where the mind goes with each phrase. May I be filled with gratitude and non-attached appreciation. Allow the mind and body to relax into the reverberations of each phrase. Simply repeat these phrases over and over to yourself, like a kind of mantra or statement of positive intention. But don't expect to instantly feel grateful through this practice. Sometimes all we see is our lack of appreciation and the judging mind's resistance. Simply acknowledge what is happening and continue to repeat the phrases, being as friendly and merciful with yourself as possible in the process. Now bring the attention back to the breath and body. Again, relaxing into the posture. Then bring someone to mind who's been beneficial for you to know
2: or know of, who has inspired you or brought joy to your life. recognize that
1: just as you wish to be happy and successful in life and that your benefactor too shares that universal desire to be met with encouragement support and appreciation begin offering him or her the phrases slowly repeat each phrase with that person in mind as the object of your well-wishing just as i wish to learn to appreciate the happiness and joy in life may you too experience joy may you be filled with appreciation
2: for your happiness and success may your happiness and joy increase
1: May you be successful and met with appreciation. Continue offering these phrases from your heart to your benefactors. Develop the feeling of appreciation in relation to the joy and success of others. When the mind gets lost in a story, memory or fantasy, simply return to the practice. Begin again, offering appreciation and gratitude to the benefactor. Now let the benefactor go
2: and return to your direct experience of the breath and body. Pay extra attention to your heart or emotional experience. Then bring to mind someone you do not know well
1: someone who is neutral someone you neither love nor hate perhaps someone you don't know at all a person you saw here today or walking down the street or in traffic with the understanding that the desire for joy is universal begin offering that person the appreciative phrases May your happiness and joy increase.
2: May the joy in your life continue and grow. May you be successful and met with appreciation. Now bring attention back to your breath and body. Then expand the practice to include family and friends
1: toward whom your feelings may be mixed, both loving
2: and at times difficult. May your happiness and joy increase. May the joy in your lives continue and grow. May you be successful and met with appreciation Now bring attention back to your breath and body.
1: Then expand the practice to include the difficult people in your life and in the world. By difficult, we mean those whom you have put out of your heart.
2: Those towards whom you feel jealous or hold resentment. even with the most basic understanding
1: of human nature, it will become clear that all beings wish to be met with appreciation. All beings, even the annoying, unskillful, violent, confused, and greedy, wish to experience joy. With this in mind and with the intention to free yourself from jealousy, fear, and ill will allow someone who is the source of difficulty in your mind or heart to be the object of your appreciation meditation meet that person with the same phrases paying close attention to your heart mind's response
2: may your happiness and joy increase May the joy in your life continue and grow. May you be
1: successful
2: and met with appreciation.
1: now let's begin to expand the field of appreciation to all those who are in your immediate vicinity start by sending phrase of appreciation to everyone in this zoom
2: room with us then gradually expand
1: to those in your town or city. Allowing your positive intention of meeting everyone with appreciation to spread out in all directions.
2: Imagine covering the whole world with these positive thoughts.
1: Send appreciation to the north and south, east and west. Radiate gratitude and appreciation to all beings in existence. Those above and below, the seen and the unseen, those being born and those who are dying. With a boundless and Friendly intention begin to repeat the phrases of appreciative joy.
2: May all beings experience happiness and joy. May the joy in this world continue and grow. May all beings be successful and met with appreciation. How it is time to let go of the phrases
1: and bring attention back to your breath and body.
2: Investigating the sensations and emotions that are present now.
1: Then whenever you are ready, Allow your eyes to open and your attention to come back to your surroundings. offer a few reflections on um on this practice and the importance of this practice and um how difficult it is and how um it's a bit counter to some of our instinctual drives to meet ourselves and others, and especially difficult people with appreciation. Um, you know, one of the issues here is that the reality for us human beings, based on our uh, survival instincts, is that we're not great at retaining um, pleasant memories. We're not great at uh, appreciating um, the impermanent pleasant experiences that come through our life. Uh, Our natural tendency is to try to cling to them, keep them, uh, as we all know, to become addicted (laughs) to pleasant experiences we're not good at uh non-attached appreciation is <laughs> not natural and not just for us addicts for all all people everyone that has a survival instinct that you know the second noble truth of craving being repetitive because we're not satisfied by pleasure we need more we need the next pleasure i was reading a neuroscience study at one point about uh, the different ways that our human brain relates to stimulus, pleasant stimulus and painful, pleasant experiences, painful. And they said, uh, it's almost like the part of our mind that experiences pleasure is like Teflon, like pleasure just slides right off, (laughs) you know, Which is one of the reasons why we're constantly like wait where did i want more wait it's gone i want more it just slides right off and so one of the reasons you know uh, i don't care that much what science says but it's sort of nice when science explains it in this way and then it normalizes for all of us of like oh that's why it's like this (laughs) it's teflon that's why i'm constantly Repeat, you know uh craving for the next pleasant experience i don't hang around and enjoy it and i'm not good at that i want to keep it and i can't keep it the uh, the other side of that was they said you know the part of our mind that remembers pain that that stores the kind of sense impression memory of pain they said it's like velcro pleasure slides right off pain is like remember that pain remember you notice that about your mind and so the buddha knew this and he said okay because that's how the mind is craving is repetitive and you know we're not good at develop a practice of appreciating the impermanent pleasant experiences that arise and pass through us. This is a lot of what we're doing in mindfulness. He said, but also there's another great opportunity here for joy and that's not, and and it's, you know, the core of it is empathy. is getting out of our self-centered, I, me, mine, tendencies and opening to each other, opening to the world, opening to the connections that we have with empathy. Sometimes this practice, I chose to call it appreciative joy in this context. Sometimes it's translated as uh, empathetic joy, sympathetic or empathetic joy. Most of the time I think about empathy as in the realm of compassion empathizing with somebody who's having a difficult time caring about somebody who's suffering empathy for our friends that are uh for the world there's a it's usually i feel in my own conditioning you can look at your own mind that empathy usually i you i think of it in in, in this context of towards stuff that's difficult, that's painful. But the reality is empathy means feeling with. And so if somebody is in pain, empathy is feeling their pain with them. That's part of what compassion is, being open, feeling with. But when there's joy and there's a lot of fucking joy around, if
2: you look for it, if you're paying attention, empathy means feeling someone else's joy,
1: appreciating and feeling and enjoying, celebrating, whatever we want to call it, someone else's happiness, your friends, the stranger on the street, the, you know, I heard at one point that like, some of the uh, most heavily, uh, you know, kind of watched the viral are like children laughing or, you know, like, there's part of us that like, just you know, like when you see a baby laughing or feels so good. I, I love that just like empathizing with you know funny cat things or children or whatever it is that brings you a bit of joy it's like it's why we watch comedies or
2: um,
1: with seven billion or what is it almost eight billion humans On the planet so easy because of our survival instinct and our kind of fight or flight threats to just look at what's wrong so easy to look at all you can look at this world and depending on the lens you're looking into like wow it's all suffering around here. And first noble truth is true there's a lot of suffering everyone has some, but you know the first noble truth, you know 2.0 is that also everyone experiences joy everyone experiences suffering also everyone experiences some level of happiness um pain is unavoidable (laughs) pleasure is also unavoidable some of you've tried very hard to avoid pleasure and you became very spiritual and renunciation and you know, this is the Buddha's story. He said, "I spent years trying to avoid pleasure. I was an ascetic. I tortured my body, but I couldn't avoid. Not only couldn't I avoid pleasure, because sometimes the sun would hit me just right in the forest, and it just felt so good. He said, uh, but also, no matter how much I avoided pleasure, it didn't get rid of my craving for pleasure. I still wanted it. I still." So, this is the awakening that he had and that we're going for in our recovery. It's so tricky for us as addicts because, you know, those, of course, the substances and behaviors that started out as pleasant experiences that turned into the cause of our, you know, extra suffering in our life. And so many of us can become very cautious about, like, oh, I better not that's kind of pleasant. I might get addicted to that, which is true. (laughs) So we have to be a bit cautious around how we indulge in pleasure. But there's nowhere that recovery or, you know, Buddhism, the Dharma is telling us to avoid pleasure. It's about developing this skill, this awakened quality of non attached appreciation, to appropriate pleasures and it's difficult and we are you know finding that balance well i want to say one other thing and then um that can throw a lot of us off here i'm like well because uh this is also the opposite of empathy i mean excuse me opposite of jealousy it is empathy it's it's empathetic Uh, empathizing with each other's happiness it's the opposite of jealousy that kind of self-centered i feel threatened by your success by your happiness by your
2: abundance whatever it is but it can throw us off because
1: there's the word success in the practice and uh, and especially when we're talking about our enemies, and maybe you ha- your have big resentments against um, you know, the billionaire class. And you're like, I really have to send appreciative joy to these guys and wish them more success after uh, So I just want to unpack this and say that the core of it is wishing for continued happiness and 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 success
2: for those people that are earning it in a appropriate way does this make sense if somebody's a sociopath and they
1: really are happy about hurting people that's not an appropriate uh object of your appreciative joy be like what they look like they're having a great time destroying the planet not An appropriate object actually they need compassion because of their confusion their delusion their ignorance just because somebody appears to be happy while hurting others doesn't mean they're truly happy they're in a delusion that's not true joy that's not true happiness that's deep confusion so we have to look a bit deeper We have to understand that if you're uber successful based on oppression and you know unbridled capitalism that's destroying the planet, not an appropriate object of appreciative joy, compassion, forgiveness, seeing the suffering of greed. What's really happening there is the suffering of greed this makes sense? I hope this makes sense. Because I, the and the reason I clarify it in this way is because I've struggled a lot with this practice of, uh, you know, how do I, um, you know, wish happiness for people that I know are so filled with ignorance, no matter how successful they are. I know that their success is earned by lying and cheating and stealing and oppressing and destroying the, you know, communities or planets or families, or I don't want to, wish for their, them to be more successful. <laughs> I actually want them to fail miserably at their attempts to cause harm out of compassion for the harm that they cause. I hope that's, you know, so just framing this as, and maybe I should have framed it better in the instructions, but framing it as, we're wishing for the continued success that is earned well that, and, and really about like people's true happiness, which is not material. We know the material and the sensual world, a fucking dead end. So really we're hoping, we're wishing like a empathizing and caring about the spiritual happiness, the awakening, the recovering, You know, like in recovery, when you see somebody come in and they're really suffering and then a couple weeks or a couple months and they're starting to smile and they're like, this isn't that bad. And, you know, I'm having a, I'm kind of digging this. And that's, you just feel so, oh, you know that's like such an appropriate, that person is doing the work and they're earning some freedom, some happiness. Such an appropriate object of this appreciation, appreciative joy. All right, I can go on and on, but I hope that those points help clarify empathy and um, looking deeply at, uh, you know how people are earning their their happiness and making sure that it's a s- skillful uh, a worthy uh, recipient of our appreciative joy.
2: Questions, comments, clarifications. Dean, jump
1: in. You should be able to unmute yourself. I just
0: unmuted. I have a question um, regarding. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me, I guess I would call it a sense of guilt. When you see so many people suffering and you are empathetic to their pain, but you yourself are in a, a period of joy and satisfaction and serenity and you feel like you don't deserve it that other people deserve it more than you how do you address that
1: more loving kindness practice more um of the uh, i mean From the Buddhist perspective, that feeling of unworthiness is a delusion. You are not unworthy. Nobody's more worthy, right? But it's a very common experience that so many of us have. The comparing mind comes in and says, oh, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, more worthy. I'm not, maybe I'm less worthy, especially as addicts with a history of wreckage. We're like, well, I did all of this terrible shit and now I'm happy. and and uh these people seem like good people and they're suffering so much and so it's natural for there to be some of that but it's confusion from the buddha you know so that's why my first answer more loving kindness the more that we send that uh, and, and internalize may i be at ease may i be happy You know, may I be free from suffering. I wish, you know, uh, there's the place where the Buddha says we could search the whole world and never find anybody more worthy than ourselves. Because you are a Buddha, because you have Buddha nature, because you've done the work to awaken, to recover. You're purifying your own karma. You've earned your happiness. You're worthy of your own happiness. There's that place where the Buddha touches the earth after enlightenment when his own mind is having this same attack of like, why do you think you're worthy Siddhartha of of awakening? And he touches the earth and and he says, because I'm part of this planet and we're all worthy. There is no hierarchy of worthiness here. We are all the four elements interconnected interdependent and karmically responsible (laughs) for our actions, as is everyone else. So the more we do the loving kindness, the more we understand that, then those thoughts, the unworthiness will come up and we meet them with compassion. We meet that thought with forgiveness.
0: It's just really difficult because I've, I've come to realize that I was not a good person. Yeah. And there are regrets. Yep. And it's it just kind of wells up sometimes. Of course.
2: And regret is healthy. This is important. We should all have regret
1: for the ways that we've harmed ourselves and harmed other people. What you said, like not all of the times where we haven't been good people, where we've been unskillful, where we've been regret is the absolutely appropriate feeling when we cause harm to each other or to ourselves no matter how awakened we get how recovered how uh i don't think it takes away the regret just as forgiveness and compassion doesn't take away the pain just the hatred of the pain uh but what we do is we learn to meet that regret with compassion and with forgiveness. And then kind of see, oh, the judging mind is trying to, it's Mara attack again. The judging mind is uh, comparing me to others and we're equally worthy. Now, you know, There's no hierarchy of worth. Everyone, you know, equality, <laughs> equally, no matter what we've done, you know, there's that, uh, and Gulimala, you fam- familiar with Angulimala? Mala is this character in the lifetime of the Buddha who's a serial killer and joins the Sangha and he's murdered all of these people. And talk about unworthiness and be, having been a bad person, like seriously had been a, a, an unskillful, confused being. But he joined the Sangha and he purified his karma and he forgave and asked for forgiveness. And, you know, there's a whole story about it. But it's one of the Buddhist stories that shows no matter what you've done, you can wake up, you can get free. You still have goodness within you. And that the Buddha, you know, quickly, you know, embraced him and and let him into the Sangha and said, you know, this is a community for everyone that wants to be free. And this human potential for awakening is open to everyone, not just good people. (laughs) Thank God for
0: us. (laughs) I would be in big trouble.
1: Uh, All of us would, and not just us recovering addicts, you know nobody would get in the
2: door <laughs> thank you noah you're welcome
1: el please jump
3: in hey noah so um it was interesting tonight when uh we were doing this meditation i had this sense of something that's been happening that i hadn't noticed in all of these kind of telescoping meditations, you know, the compassion meditation, Tonglen, where we keep going, telescoping out, let's say, and we're starting with the self. Whoa. And then um, that I had this sense of, like if if my husband were in those categories, all of them, (laughs) except for the self one, um, that i'm not entailed in his happiness. So in turn you know when you was mentioned conditioning before, we're so conditioned to feel responsible for other people's happiness, uh, to do the right thing, to shape ourselves for their happiness. And then part of my addiction is that i need to, you know, i feel the need to, i don't need to slide out sideways when somebody bumps me or i've done something wrong or some relational conflict happens and i get scared and so there's something about these meditations that has been working on my psyche i think and i was able to feel more of myselfness and then this notion that other people are 100 responsible for their own actions and i just i'm feeling it working on me in a in unconscious way, and I love
1: that. Beautiful, beautiful. And you just said it, and uh, and it's the meditation next week. Equanimity,
2: right? In yeah.
1: order to balance all of this love that we're sending out, and all of this compassion mm-hmm. and appreciative mm-hmm. joy, and we have to come back to the balancing quality of understanding that everyone has their own karma. Right not and our wishes for them. I mean, equanimity, and we'll get into it next week. It's, you know, it's Buddhist Al-Anon, you know, it's the (laughs) antidote to codependency and to controlling And right, yeah, yeah, many of us, you know, that's one of the manifestations Mm -hmm. of our craving and our addictive tendencies Mm -hmm. is wanting to control others and feeling overly responsible, or like Dean was just saying feeling like they're more worthy than us or and this is where the kind of awakening that Buddha is Buddhism is offering us and these mm-hmm. practices are offering us balance with. I care about you. I love you. I appreciate you. And I know I can't make you happy. My job
3: is to cause you no harm.
1: Cause no harm or as <laughs> oh, little as possible. Job. Right,
3: right, right.
1: <laughs> Let's not have too high of a bar, you know, marriage, <laughs> like, you know, you're gonna cause a yeah. harm. <laughs> each other you're going to offend each other all of that but yes that's why we have our precepts and our training on how we communicate and how we show up yes great it's, and you know and just love what you're saying about like yeah. the
3: more we do it it works it's also the addition of um we're not only staying sober we're awakening yes no, and that helps us to.
1: Well, and I can also frame this being whole sober. Thing. No. Yes, staying sober, but also it's like relapse prevention. Like, what do people go back to the old behaviors about? Around unworthiness, we go, we relapse. Around resentment, we relapse. Around jealousy, we relapse. Around, you know, the, all of this stuff. Yes, awakening and also solid mm. emotional sobriety so that we're l- l- less likely to go back to the old behaviors so these become awakening practices and relapse prevention practices
3: thank you
1: yeah thanks Noah yeah Ben last one
2: hi Noah Uh, thank you for your service Uh, my question is about
1: if you have any suggestions around how I might apply my practice to um, better find bottom lines and boundaries when it comes to non substance processes and behaviors um, that are pleasurable, and finding that point, how much is too much of a good thing? And when am I stepping into the realm of um, too much? Um, It's a great question. It's important for every single one of us. And there's no way for me to answer it. (laughs) I mean, I I, I mean, I guess the answer is, we just have to bring awareness to, am I suffering about this? Am I causing harm to myself or to someone else? Like Elle was just saying like, um, but it's you, only the individual can answer. Has this become a repetitive cycle? that I'm now creating suffering for myself or, or someone else about. You have to know that only you can know that. I mean, sometimes people around us know it even before we know it. <laughs> um, it's, but it's I don't feel like I can give a good answer here, but I feel like it's the right question. And by continuing to bring this question to has this, my relationship to money or sex or uh food or uh, whatever behavior um has it become uh, addictive am i you know suffering about this and and then check in with other people that have experience with it it's a lot of what we're here for for the sangha And talking to people and telling people the specifics, you know, not here in the group, but, you know, taking people aside and saying, hey, this is what my behavior is like, and this is what it feels like, and I'm looking for some support around it. Um,
2: I hope that's helpful. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's enough for tonight. Next week, equanimity,
1: which is the, uh, as I just said, the balancing factor of these heart practices. Uh, I look forward to that conversation. I'll, uh, I guess it doesn't matter where I am since we're all online, but I'm taking a holiday next week. I'm going to New Orleans and I'll do the class on Thursday night from New Orleans. And um, I'll see you guys next week on Thursday.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Refuge Recovery Podcast. To learn more about our program of recovery and to connect with others on the Refuge Recovery path, visit our website, refugerecovery.org, where you will find information, meditations, and links to both in-person and online Refuge Recovery meetings. This podcast is brought to you by Refuge Recovery World Services, a nonprofit created to support our network of Refuge Recovery groups around the world. Thank you for listening.